0: This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien. Thank you for sharing your earbuds with us today. Oh, earbuds. Well, they're the new fancy ones from Apple, but your, your uh, earphones is probably a better description. Today, we've got another guest joining us on the podcast. We have Adam Johnston from the iGenius Group, and he is a genius. Uh, Adam, welcome to the podcast. How are you today, mate? Really, really good.
1: Thanks, Jack, for asking, mate.
0: Great. All right. So today, we're going to be talking all things tech and IT. Uh, As the name suggests, you are a genius, and we often are not, as health professionals, uh, who are in business, running a clinic. We're good at the health side of things but not at the tech although I'd imagine for progressive listeners of this podcast they all understand the importance of technology but we're pretty clueless. So uh, mate can you tell us a little bit about your backstory and what's led you to get into IT and tech and uh, now leading iGenius?
1: Yeah sure no thank you for the opportunity as well. Um, So my background predominantly was in IT consulting and I worked with Uh, A few large companies, probably one of the ones that was the major ones was SMS. And the kinds of clients that they had were clients like Telstra, ANZ, NAB. And as an IT consultant, basically, you would go out on site, uh, you'd be dealing with sort of larger teams and seeing some pretty, I guess, full-on problems, but also um, even some sort of minor things as well that... I guess in a day-to-day thing, you'd have a team of people and you'd be solving those kinds of those IT issues. And I think what happened along the way was working with some of those bigger companies, what I realized was my passion lie more working with smaller companies and smaller medium enterprise companies. And I wanted to bring a lot of that knowledge from sort of that big consulting background across to the smaller companies, uh, because I thought that they kind of get left out in the cold a little bit. And so there was just so, so much stuff that I saw on, on that side that I wanted to bring across and also make it so that as, as a small business, how do we level you up to be able to play and behave sure. bigger than what you are? So that was my sort of goal was to come back and, and bring IT to the forefront there. Mm,
0: I love it. And so now you work obviously not exclusively with small business, but that's, um, that's your bread and butter. Is that right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. So small to medium enterprise for me is sort of anywhere from 20 to 150 employees. That's sort of, bread and butter and then i love working with even smaller businesses and practices so you sort of your five to 20 employees startups those types of guys as well because a lot Mm -hmm. of the time the the, the problems are the same they're just at a different scale so the majority of the time the the products can even be the same you just need to know what is the best way of utilizing it and integrating it into your business to get the best result for your size company Mm-hmm. So that's probably yeah, one of the, the things that I and
0: that's really, um, really encouraging to hear because often health clinics are in maybe solo or startup, uh, maybe a small team, somewhere between 5 to 50 would be the typical size clinic. So it's really refreshing to hear, uh, you know, a, that a pretty solid company would still work with some of these small businesses, which is really exciting. Uh, can we just take it back a step first, Adam, and just explain what even is IT? <laughs> when we say you're a
1: tech... <laughs> company? What, what does yep. this even mean? I, I love that question because even now when I go out on, on site and work with some clients that they say, so what are you doing? Because isn't IT just like printers and monitors and, the, that's, that's <laughs> the, and cables maybe, right? right? And it's like, yes, it is that, but it's grown to become... Uh, so for me, IT is a combination of the software and the hardware that drives your business. So it's the laptops, the monitors, the printers, and those types yeah. of thing and then more often than not now it's the software that glues all of that together so we've gone through a real change in the last 5 to 10 years where we've moved away from everything was installed on your machine and your practice or your business to now having a lot more options in the cloud but with those options we've now got an abundance of choice and this is where a lot of clients are getting stuck is it's the there's so much choice out there. What's the right choice when we work with clients? So that's, Mm. so IT, if I can really boil it down, it's definitely the, you know, the printers and the monitors and all that stuff, but it's also the software that drives the business. And then I'd also say the tech. I, I like to put tech as part of IT as well, because generally speaking, while we're on site, someone will run up with their phone and say, this isn't working, put it on the desk and say, can you fix my phone? So it just, you know, tick as well. <laughs> yeah, got it. Okay, that's good. It's that, it's that infrastructure, the,
0: the digital and the mm. soft infrastructure that enables so much of what we do. Most clinics that we work with at Clinic Mastery now have a real, mm-hmm. uh, a real suite of IT services, whether that's cloud-based softwares or different types of hardware that really didn't exist Uh, a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago. Um, Can you run us through some of the simple um, devices and softwares that we're referring to? You mentioned, you know, printers and monitors. What are Mm -hmm. some of the common hardwares and softwares that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis?
1: So, day-to-day basis... um the majority of the hardware that I'll be seeing is iPhones and um, even some of the newer Android phones. So mm-hmm. Samsung's and the, those bits and pieces. So people are coming to us and asking us how, how do they get a particular app working on their phone or a, um, is there an app that can do X, Y, Z um, sure. to help them in their business. Um, and then typically that conversation moves from th- that, that sort of hardware side and, you know, what's the best, you know, should I buy a windows machine or should I buy a Mac Um, And I'm agnostic across it. I I always look at it like whatever's best for you and I can help you, you know, have like five criteria and we can work out what's the best, um, you know, machine for you. But then pretty much after that, everything moves across into software. And so I, I like to start pretty simple with businesses where I like to have a look at what are they actually using right now? And one of the best questions is what are you using spreadsheets for right now? So, sure. what are you doing in your spreadsheets what, what's what 's that all about and then looking at is that the best use of your time and is, are you mangling a lot of these spreadsheets and are there other things out there that you could be using um, whether it 's cloud or software that can speed up um, that process and almost but my my goal is always to we, we call it augmenting the human, which is basically. What that? It's a fancy term for basically saying we just want to make your life easier, so you can focus on what you're good at, which is customers, clients, scale, more business. Yeah, However, sure. we can help with that. That's that's what it's all about. So, I love
0: that. and uh, yeah, you know, like tech should really be an extension of ourselves, right? It's, it's either automating right. or making easier, simpler what we do naturally.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, that's probably one reason why um, when I, when I started Igenius. Uh, it started off as an IT consultancy, and it was just a you know a standard sort of IT consultancy. We do X, Y, and Z. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to get back to was that this is all about, and our tagline is basically you know new technology with a human feel. I want to ex- wow. make technology an extension of right. a person. So let's not lose that face to face that relationship because at the end of the day, if you can if you can just expand your um, your current clients or whatever, but keep and retain the majority of them and, mm-hmm. and make sure that the lifetime value of customers you know, are, are always growing or at least um, you're holding onto customers for longer, you are going to have such, such a more successful business. And if we can enable that and create that human interaction, all the better. So that's sort it. of our, our, our view on it. Yeah,
0: that's great. And that's, that's really a great um, resonance, I'm sure, with a lot of the listeners and the, that abundant sort of mindset. So, okay, let's, um, let's grill the genius for a second, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> when, when business owners are considering an IT provider or a, a tech support provider, what mistakes do you see them making? What questions do they ask where you go, that's a stupid question or they just don't understand? <laughs> what mistakes do you see yep. clinic owners or business owners make?
1: Yep. Okay. This is near and dear to my heart because uh, if there's one thing I would love to do, it's, it's to help business owners with not only choosing um, tech providers, but also knowing what to ask. So okay. I've really boiled this down to probably a two or three step process. So w- one of the things is to also even understand your limitations around what you understand and what you don't understand. Sure. That, that Really the, the first thing is that whenever you engage a IT provider, no matter how good they may be, there is still a level of briefing that needs to happen on your side. So, you need to understand what is it that we're trying to achieve here? What is our end goal? And to be able to sort of, I would say in as non-technical way as possible, explain the outcome that you want. Great. So, Um, begin with the end in mind, right? Exactly. So, an example of this, and I'll I'll give you a, uh, throw a little um, bite your way, is when you're talking to IT, one of the best ways, especially if you're talking to an app developer or a website person, or is to talk to them in—it's you know, called story mode—and I'll, I'll explain mm-hmm. this. Um, basically, if you're giving them a feature or a requirement, you want to say to them something to the tune of, "Okay, so as a uh, front desk administrator—that's the so you're saying this is who the user is for as front mm-hmm. desk administrator. I want to be able to do X, Y, Z, so that I can get outcome Y. You might say, as a front desk administrator, I want to be able to send out a link to a calendar application, a cloud calendar application, so that my clients can click the, the, the appointments that they want and receive regular updates so that they know when they're due to come in so that we don't have to do all of the other manual processing underneath. Sure. If you talk yep. in that statement to an IT person, They understand who the user is, what you're trying to achieve and why you're trying to achieve it. And you've talked in a business language. What I'll get clients to do is put that into a spreadsheet or some sort of Mm -hmm. tool. And when you're briefing your um, IT provider, if you speak in that language, it's so much easier. You can say, these are the 10 things I want. These are the story statements. Mm -hmm. Go away and give me a quote and an estimate. That's probably one of the the biggest uh, piece of advice. So if I was to, let me, let me practice, let's role play here and see if I, if I
0: understand and I can speak on behalf of the listeners. <laughs> yep. As a clinic owner, I want to be able to put in some numbers into a spreadsheet and it spit out some of my KPIs so that I understand the performance of my practitioners.
1: Exactly. That's perfect. So you, you could go um, away and then find the software that does it and build it for me. Pretty much. And all I'll ask is my, my questions there would be when you say KPIs, what do you mean by KPIs? And we'd firm up that statement around what a KPI is. Sure. Um, but it was 95% on the money. <laughs> Great. So uh, okay. that's, 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 that's one really little effective. tweak.
0: Mm-hmm. What, yeah. else, what other questions should businesses be asking of their IT providers?
1: So uh, so as a business, I think one of the most important things is to understand cost from an IT provider because, What IT providers that I've worked with will do, if they don't get a really good solid brief, they can spin their wheels a little bit. And I think out there, I think a lot of people have had that hurt around spending a lot of money on an IT provider and not quite getting what they wanted, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end. So um, I would probably say something to the tune of the story statements is number one, but number two, ask them to, when you're first engaging an IT services provider, ask or test them out by giving them small pieces of work. So small piece of work quoted with a direct outcome and test. Okay. Are these guys giving me a, a price that's really cheap with the hope that they can push the project out and just, it'll cost more along the way sure. or are they true to their word. They're experts. They know what they're doing. They say it's, you know, $1,500 and it was exactly $1,500 delivered in a week. Test them with something small. And then the other thing as well is, I'll put it out there and this is a mass sweeping generalization. So I apologize for the, for the IT people out there who are great at communication. No, no one is generally just you and me. Yeah. (laughs) Generally speaking, um, IT companies are not the best at communicating. So what I, what I'd say to you as a business is you need to sometimes jump in and take away some of that, um, that bad communication by over communicating yourself. So if I'm a clinic, what I'd be suggesting is saying, okay, so when will it be likely that this is done by? And they'll might say, look, it's in a week and you say, okay, great. What's the worst case scenario? Always ask for a ranged estimate. So if they're saying it should be seven days, so say something like, so seven to 10, so in other words, if, if everything was to go wrong, would it be about, and they might, you might be surprised and I say, oh, everything went wrong. If we didn't get the login, if we didn't get this, it might be 21 days. That's what mm-hmm. you need to know. It's what's the best yeah. case and the worst case. And then lastly, when are you are available to do the work? Are you full time? And what is your process? So always ask an IT provider what their process is around briefing. Mm-hmm. So because you might, it might be 20 days of effort and you think, great. Well, that's a month's worth, that's five days a week. And they say, oh, we can only get someone two days a week. So now you're thinking, okay, so it's two days a week, it's now,
0: you know, 10 weeks. Stretches right. So it's just
1: clarifying all those things. If you don't ask those questions up front, sometimes you'll find you're a month in and think, how come we haven't got it delivered? Um, So it's trying to avoid those kinds of occurrences. That's probably the best advice I can give.
0: Okay, Adam, you touched a little bit there on price and um, obviously we're not going to go into a dollars discussion here. Everything is um, different, but I I would imagine that for clinic owners to think about the outcomes of their investments, whether that's Mm -hmm. a fixed price project cost, which I would suggest um, is a really good route to go down for clinic owners to consider, or if it ends up being a dollar per hour thing, would it it, I? Am I correct in suggesting clinic owners need to think about the cost of IT as an investment versus an expense? And also, what's the cost of doing nothing? What's the cost of not fixing something,
1: right? Have you got any horror stories or uh, what are your take on that approach? So, okay. So, I can definitely run you through a few sort of stories. I can't mention names, but uh, the the crux of the story will, will help. But I would always suggest getting a fixed price and starting off like that at the start. Is it an investment or expense? Oh, investment. So a lot of businesses that I work with, IT reports to the CFO. So IT is seen as a cost. Yes. What I find, and this is, I, I want to say this to the listeners out there, um, is that if you always look at IT as a cost, you can miss sometimes where IT can actually produce an income or produce a, some type of competitive, you, you can almost leapfrog your competition with with technology or with that sort of investment in technology. So it's a double-edged sword. You don't want to spend too much on IT. But if you do look at it as an investment, it really, if if that's your mindset, you'll find Mm -hmm. that you'll start to leapfrog your competition and set yourself up as someone who's in the blue water, who's really different to the the, the rest. Uh, So I would encourage your listeners to do that. And I think the way to look at IT then is to really look at it like, not only how can it enable our business with our operations and save time and money, that's just like the standard stuff. That's the cost Mm -hmm. cutting. But also, how could we even use our tech at the moment to scale our business to produce um, uh, more income, or you know something else? Yeah. Are, there, are there parts of your business that you could use tech to produce other streams of income? Uh, so, and I'll, I'll give you, and I'll give you an example as well of um, when you talk about some of the horror stories. So, <laughs> some of the horror stories are around around costs. So, I'll give you an example where one of the providers we were building a, an app for. And now we, we'd come on after another uh, vendor had worked on that app. So we've kind of, uh, we inherited that application, which is always difficult yeah. when you're doing that. Yeah. Um, but what we found was there was a very small time frame that they had to test the application. We didn't have all the passwords yet. So long story short, uh, you know, the provider said, look, I'm not spending any more money. Let's just keep it as is. Um, you guys keep working on that stuff and you know, we'll demo And we were none the the wiser. And I think what happened later on is we went out to demo to a client and the app had expired because when you're testing a live app, you've only got 30 days to test it, but you actually have 90 days if you go in there earlier and extend it. And we were told, don't worry about all that. It It was one of those bad decisions that management were like, we don't want to spend the money to get you guys even to look at it. We just want you building the app. Something as small as that. Had a massive impact. Um, so I, and so, so what I'd say to most businesses around that kind of situation is, if you're nearly almost at the end of it, sometimes it's better to actually just see that last piece through. You obviously mm-hmm. you'll have a, a line in the sand um, around when you're you say that's it, that's that's the end of the project now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but when you are engaging vendors, ask them what would you do if you're in my shoes. Yeah, sure. because a lot of vendors will do what you tell them to do, or IT providers. But if you say, mm-hmm. "What would you do if you were in my shoes?" They'll say, "Well, actually, I'd probably go in and log in and extend the the time frame because it's a five minute job. It'll save mm-hmm. you a headache." Mm-hmm. So that's sort of that's like one horror story I can tell you, um, <laughs> and it caused a lot of you know hurt basically. Yeah, I can imagine.
0: It's interesting. I think um, for us at, at Clinic Mastering, you and know, we're working with hundreds of businesses and, and helping them with their tech and making sure they've got the right uh, providers on side, we would often say to our clinics that we work with that your IT support is not just a service provider, but they're a partner in your business in a lot of senses. You yes. want to consider your IT provider as someone who's really going to help uh, save you some unnecessary expenses for instance um i know there's a mutual client of ours that we pushed your way who's integrated uh, you know the g suite of google apps into mm-hmm. her business and um you know that might cost her you know whatever it was fifty dollars a hundred dollars a month um on yeah. but the like it might save her fifty dollars a day in wasted time so it's a it's a really important investment to make that happen and the advice of a useful it provider or it partner mm-hmm. to make the best decisions around when and what to invest in so what are the common things that you get people uh, on board with i mentioned g suite are there any other options or what are kind of the staples
1: that um would yeah. have in place yeah, definitely. So uh, I, I definitely agree with you there, Jack around it's, yeah, uh, we are an extension of their team and that's what we like to see ourselves as is that really we're just like, we're the two or three IT guys sitting in your office. We're just not sitting in your office. basically. Yeah, great. Um, that's the way we like to see it because at the end of the day, we want to be just as much a part of your team to be able to solve the problems almost on your team, on your side, you mm-hmm. know, um, and I think that 's probably one of the things to always ask when you when you are looking at i t vendors is are they do they feel like they 're going to be part of my team and making decisions in my best interest so I think that was a really good point. The staples that i 'm seeing at the moment, so G suite is definitely a staple um, it 's an interesting one for us because uh, one of the other staples we see a lot of is Office three six five and SharePoint, and so SharePoint mm-hmm. is basically a document management tool for businesses as they get a little bit bigger and they need some workflow and um process management process implementation type stuff and what that basically means is you know you've got the document management side just like in g suite but you've also got this workflow component where if someone needs to approve a task or a document and it goes through two or three levels of approval or something you can use that as well the reason it's funny is because as an it consultancy we, we offer sharepoint and we help with that consulting side, but we actually use G suite, which (laughs) is a competitor because Google has been such a staple for such a long time. It's a fantastic product. It's, it's, um, it continues to grow every day. And in all honesty, it saves me a lot of time. Like Mm. all of my presentations, everything I do, even when I go and meet clients, it's all done through G suite. So that's, I'd say that's definitely a staple for us. Some of the other types of products other than SharePoint, I would say are, um, portal type software. So this is something we're seeing a lot more now is as even, you know, smaller businesses, you know, one to five people, five to 10 to scale that business. You need to have a place where customers can go and book or find information, engage with you, but engage with you in a way that's doesn't mean that you need to pick up a phone and have a half hour or an hour conversation so what that portal looks like is it's not your website so your website's more your brochure of who you are and what you do the portal is a unique login type site for a for a client if they want to book you know a session but also if they want more information on a particular type of session or maybe their patient information is stored on that portal so rather than calling you and saying hey, can you send me my, you know, files, you know, my x-rays and this and that and whatever else. It's like, well, yep, yeah, but it's all that's all on the portal. If you just jump over here, um, that has all of your information, your yeah. notes, session details. So clients are starting to look at that now and saying, that's really interesting. And I'll, I'll give you a little extra little bit there is that For sure. what we're actually doing now is implementing artificial intelligence. So AI into those portals where there's a little person down the bottom right you can talk to and it will answer questions. So you can okay. say things like, if my patella is something, something, what does that mean? And it will actually go and find information from, let's just say, you're a, I'm not, I'm not even quite sure what the practice would be, but it would, it would basically give you information and help you and answer some of those questions so that you can almost go through and have that whole engagement person to person, but you're actually talking to an unofficial intelligent robot. And down the bottom, you know, did I answer your question or do you want to call us? So it's like you're educating your customers further and further trying to create that human connection, but Mm -hmm. then also directing them to call you if, and when they need to. So it's, it's all about getting those phone calls down from, you know, half an hour back down to five minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah. Great.
0: That's, that's really cool. It's really interesting. Um, Maybe let's look back to the Google stuff and G Suite. Um, with our yes, clinic yep. mastery business academy, what we provide as part of that is a massive portal of resources and template mm-hmm. processes that are largely uh, based within the Google environment. There might be Google Forms or Google Docs, Google Sheets. Yep. We also provide a massive Google site template. If if let's let's play hypothetically, if a clinic joins the yep. business academy and we're looking to provide mm-hmm. this Google stuff and they don't yet have Google, they don't have the G suite stuff.
1: Should they do it themselves or should they get help? If, if they feel confident and they're technical enough, I would say at least read through. And if you feel confident, try, but in most cases, I would say it is a lot better to hand that over to somebody technical because there's a few (laughs) steps that you can really get caught on. Um, And if you mess those things up, sometimes it costs a lot more to undo it then it would have if you had engaged an IT person from the start. So definitely, um, especially when you're around setting up your email addresses and your domain and all those other bits and pieces that's within G Suite, there um, are a few things to note. Also, um, understanding the types of levels of accounts. Like it's the normal level, there's the next level up where you've got access to a team drive. Um, you You may not need a team drive, but it's understanding all, I guess all of those different levels. And also I didn't say around some training on how to get the best out of it. Like what does a good um, right. structure look like within um, Google drive and those types of Google products for you as a business. And I'm, I know that that's what you do a lot of. Um, so I definitely think on that side. And I think the the other part of it is, is once you engage an IT and vendor, the second part of that discussion is, okay, so you've got G suite set up, you've done all of that. What's the next step? And what I can tell you is, that when you submit a form, there are so many other cloud services that can trigger when you do something, you know, if, uh, if something happens in LinkedIn, we can put that in, we can insert a row into a Google spreadsheet. If a Google spreadsheet row um, gets, you know, one more row gets implemented, you can generate a phone call or a text message to someone. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many things that we can do there. And I think, The last thing I'll I'll talk about is if you've got lots of calendars throughout your organization, probably the most common question I get is I have 10 calendars, including a family calendar. Is there a way that when an event comes into one calendar, I can send that same event to some of my other calendars, but there's a bit of an if condition. You know, if if it's a weekend event, send it to the family calendar as well because I want the family to know that this weekend's booked with work stuff. Sure. So it's, you get all of that added stuff when you speak to an IT person. It's telling you what's possible with the technology.
0: I love that. Often we think of technology in silos where these days it can all be zapped together pretty easily. Um, And I Mm. love that you also mentioned an IT provider doesn't, isn't just one that is a vendor of services that sets things up and disappears. Users should be looking for someone who will teach them how to get the best out of, what it is that they're Uh commenting. That's super cool. And I would definitely agree (laughs) in terms of getting help with setting up your G suite. It's just, it's worth its weight in gold to have that done quickly, efficiently and without problems. Adam, that's been really useful. I'm sure there's heaps of gold nuggets in there for uh, listeners to write down, maybe go back, listen to the podcast again, check out the show notes. We'll make sure we link up to everything that we've mentioned here today but I would imagine as users, as users, as listeners downloaded this podcast and press play, they went, oh, I'm sick of my IT guy. I'm so frustrated. Um, it's it's a, the bane of my existence. And they want to talk to someone who understands. If listeners want to talk to you or find out more about what the
1: iGenius group does, where should they go and what should they do? Okay. So, two of the best spots. Um, probably one of the best ways is to call 1300 iGenius. Will come straight through to um, our staff, uh, like and our competent people who can sort of guide them through the process and also answer some of the questions. That you might even get through to me, depending on which uh, number you mash. <laughs> Otherwise, the other the other best way to get in touch with us is um, if you go to www.igeniusgroup. com and just tap the uh, get in touch button, and that's probably the best way. Is just leave us a message there. Let us know what. Your thinking and what you need some help with. And um, yeah, our guys can get in touch with you and help you out on that journey. Brilliant. Really appreciate that, Adam and
0: uh, listeners. As we said, you can no head to that phone number, 1300igenius or igeniusgroup.com. We'll have that all linked up in the show notes, plus everything else we've mentioned here today, which will be at www.clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. That's where all the goodies are at. Adam, thanks for joining us. Any
1: uh, parting remarks? Uh, No, no. Just um, I'd say happy coding slash happy ITing (laughs) to all you guys out there. Oh,
0: the geeks. I love it. (laughs) Listeners, thank you for sharing your earbuds with us. We look forward to bringing you another episode again really soon. Bye for now. This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic.